It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. After the service today. Uh, we do have a little agenda that we'll pass out when we get over there, uh, just for actually you can take notes and and uh, write things your own your own agenda on them too. Um, <clears throat> when I got to this chapter, uh, I remembered the uh, words of Roger about. Now, chapter 13 is um, rather a difficult chapter in uh, dealing with things that uh, just life and living in the the world we live in, in the places we live. But chapter 13 really is a teaching concerning that. You think that, you know, that. Chapter 14 is coming up is also a chapter that there's been a lot of discussion about. And it all has to do with Christian living and how we treat each other and things of that sort. But um, this, this was written to Christian people then. And now in our day, uh, we really do find that in a lot of ways it's a bitter pill to swallow, uh, to use that, that expression in some ways, because of the things that we have to put up with a lot of times. But there's lots of thinking about what it is that we're putting up with. But we know, we know that these teachings from the Lord's Apostles for the assemblies is is really done to benefit and not harm. So that's the overview. That's the point that we don't want to forget about. Um, it's going to be a benefit if we follow it, if we can deal with it in a way that is pleasing to God. And I think actually this we know as we live uh, the years out in, of, of our lives day by day, we find uh, these circumstances. You know, most people when they're younger, they have very liberated minds and they're very judgmental of bad things happening to good people. (laughs) And I don't think I was a lot different, except for my background was very legalistic, which kind of worked pretty good on that. Um, But uh as we mature, we find um, that it's not our way, but his way. Um, and it's our way seems to be the right way um, sometimes when we're upset, but it still has to be his way. Now, how do we deal with it? Because the very beginning of this chapter deals with the idea of let every soul, every Christian be in 
subjection to authority. Well, we know that we're in subjection to God's authority, the Lord's authority, even the authority of the uh, apostolic principles for the assembly. We know, we understand the idea of subjection. Um, but when we enter into the being a, under authority of civil authority, there's where it becomes more difficult. But let's just let's just get get to it. Verse one in this chapter: Let every soul be subject to the authorities that are above him, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist are set up by God, so that he that sets himself in opposition to the authority resists the ordinance of God. And they who are thus resist shall bring sentence of guilt on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good work, but to an evil one. Dost thou desire then to be afraid of the, of the authority? Practice what is good, and thou shalt have praise from it. For it is God's minister or servant to thee for good. But if thou practice evil, fear, for it bears not the sword in vain. For it is God's minister as, as an avenger for wrath to him who does evil. Wherefore, it is necessary to be subject, not only on account of wrath, but also on account of conscience. Conscience. For on this account you may pay tribute also, for they are God's officers attending continually on this very thing. When I read those words, I think it seems like to me that I don't see a lot of godliness in those uh, over authority me in a civil way. But I, I have seen a lot. I have seen a lot of, of uh, godly ways from authority. Um, As a young man, I, I had the concept because I was rather taught this that that uh, as far as uh, I think the, the the idea of sin and the word evil used to get be used interchangeably, and they shouldn't be. Uh, That's right. They they shouldn't be. But what what was said went around was that um, most people are are sinful. Most people are have bad intentions. And you know, in, real, in a real life experience, that's really not true. Are, are you going to meet some bad characters? Oh, yes, you will. You will. Uh, but that's not a, really a true statement. And that's why I think the idea of sin, people are sinners. That I agree to that. Um, but that's a big that's a big camp. We're all sinners. But here's the point. As it starts here, verse one, be subject to. Um, that's really what what it means. Be subject to. Uh, in subjection sounds a lot different. 
but being subject to the authorities. In other words, you have respect for um, civil authority. But the phrase I was really dealing with here in this verse is the idea of uh, what it says, uh, that exists are set up by God. What that, that Greek word in there is, that set up, really is the idea of ordained. In other words, this form, this governmental oversight of people is God-ordained. Now, I don't know if I can even imagine groups of people, countries as we call them, or areas, where there was no civil authority. There, there was no, no laws, if you will, no, nothing there that called anyone to respect anyone else or to be kind or anything else. So this idea of this ordained uh, word really means to arrange in an orderly manner. And you know, that's the task, I think, of government is to maintain order, if you will. God is a God of order, not disorder. To be godly, you will be orderly uh, in your ways, in your words, in your actions. So government is supposed to arrange in an orderly fashion these things because we know that this brings uh, a real, it's a real help to those in society. But it goes on because then it, it, it gives us the, the concept of to be lawless is to be godless. To be lawless in a civil way is to be lawless towards God. We are to live lawfully in peace where we are when we are in this world. To be unlawful is to dishonor our God. And I add this in the eyes of the secular world. This is one of the reasons, you know, there's some things that go on that I wish, you know, to me I'd like to pick up a stick and, and change the course of things. Uh, and, you know, many times uh, Christian people get involved in something that becomes um, unlawful as far as private property, uh, accosting others, uh, this, that, and, you know, things that are out of order. And really, even though the, I know the passion is there, uh, passionate things, when, when we know that uh, terrible things, uh, people are promoting terrible actions towards one another, those things we wish we could fix. And sometimes we want to fix them so bad that we enter into it with our hands and feet, if you will. And that, that becomes an, a, a problem because a lot of times when these things occur, um, next thing you know, they're blaming Christian. Why would Christian people do such a thing as, you know, put uh, super glue in the locks of the abortion clinic's doors and things of that sort? Well, that's going to slow them up a little. And I guess that's the idea. But to go on private property and do that is actually unlawful. Right. You shouldn't do it, even though 
I'd, I'd rather weld a steel piece across the doorway and the window so they can't even get in the place uh, because I'm opposed to anything such as that. That's completely an ungodly concept. But how does it look for a Christian to be unlawful in the world we live in? Now, the, 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 the Scripture says here that if we are uh, doing the, the, what is good, that the government will not bother us. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like there's been a little bit of molesting of the good people from time to time. Yeah. So, um, here's the thing, though. Some of the biggest things, you know, no one has ever forced me to, uh, you know, even in the military, you can disobey an order if it is, um, well, now the penalty may, may be still there, but you, you can disobey an order when it goes against your, your conscience or it is an unlawful order. Um, so, you know, if someone was, a government official was telling me I needed to do this or that, that I knew was an ungodly act that was uh, an act that uh, Christians should never do, I, I think that we, you, that you have to draw a line. You have to draw, and that's not being unlawful. That that's from a matter of conscience, and um, there is, even in our court system, there's an idea of of this sort of violation against a person in their conscience or their faith or something is always a, an issue in how they're punished for being unlawful, if there is such a law. But there's no law that we must, as in other countries have tried that, you know, uh, you can only have one child and it better be a boy and things of that sort. Uh, you know, to anything else, it's forced, uh, um, forced abortions and that sort of thing or other sort of murderous deeds that many governments uh, do to their people. Men's governments are servants to God. Now, or ministers. See, when I read that, I, I also see something else. Not only are they servants to God, even if they don't know it, but they will be held responsible to him for the welfare of their people. That I know. That's coming their way. It may not be by my hand or, some, or someone else's, but that's what that means. Now, I think if, if it would be a wonderful thing if someone in Congress or our government would, would spend a lot of time talking about the fact that we are servants to God in our work here within government. And what is going to happen if we go against the, the will of God in our decisions? Wouldn't it be a fair statement? I think it would. Nonetheless, much pain is caused from wrong, wrong thinking. But nonetheless, friends, uh, these things will be dealt with. 
by him in, in a time that he is uh, much better at selecting than me. We are also to be subject not only on account of the wrath, that is the wrath that government can have upon a lawbreaker, such as a fines or imprisonment or even, uh, even death, but also by our conscience. In other words, a Christian conscience is what I'm thinking of. I'm, this was written to Christian people, not, not to the people of the world. This doesn't apply to them in, in any way that I can, would stress. But it does apply to the Christian people because of the fact that we have much higher standards than any government in, on this planet, as far as that goes, as to our conduct towards each other and, uh, and, and governments as far as that goes. We really do, because of the issue of love. But, you know, <clears throat> anything that the so-called Christians in this world don't do to the, that the secular world calls them out of, calls them out on, is always that they say they are loving, but they're really not. So they, 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 they know the word to pick. You see, that's the word. And that's our guide, according to the scripture we're going to read here. Matter of fact, the next seven uh, verses seven through ten, where it talks about rendering to God, uh, to rendering to those of authority their due, and that would be rendering to God and the authorities of men. Seven through ten, render to all their dues, to whom tribute is due, tribute, to whom custom, custom. To whom fear, fear. To whom honor, honor. Owe no one anything unless to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. And that, that's the, the law. Love fulfills the law. The, the law, as, as it says in, I think it's in Romans, um, in the first chapters, that uh, Christ fulfilled the law in love. Uh, the Christian fulfills these uh, everything in a lawful way through their loving ways. And I can't think of a single thing that doing things in a loving, right way within the government of this country it was going to get me in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> if there's a way, they'll find it. <laughs> There's, they're going to, you know, there's, there's people that are zealous on the other direction here. They want to find the so-called good ones and make them pay. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, these things are still true as far as the scriptures are concerned. Um Verses 7, we're at verse 9. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lust. If there be any other commandment, it is summed up in this word, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love works no ill 
to its neighbor. Love, therefore, is the whole law. You know, I think that's the only argument that a Christian has before the authorities of this world. That if it was indeed a loving act, um, consideration needs to be made because of that. Because I really believe, as in essence truly is, that love is the whole law. If you look at the the law, the Ten Commandments and those regulations, even most of them, they all have to do with, uh, when, when they're broken, it's because someone in an unloving way did something. In all of those cases, that's why the new commandment that Jesus gave the apostles was to love one another as I have loved you. If you live that, you're going to find yourself in a pretty well pretty well taken care of. Um, as far as your, you still may be brought before the magistrate, as it says. But your argument is that you did these things in love. Your actions are lovingly. Your record is being loving, not unloving. <coughs> and you know, um, that statement, love works no evil to its neighbor. Now, now as, as Christians, we, we have, to, have to live just like that. But it's not always that easy. Because sometimes our neighbor can be very irritating. <clears throat> and, and dangerous. And just throw some words out there. So how do we deal with it on love? Well, now that is a matter of maturity in Christ. We may have to report a law-breaking neighbor to the, to the authorities <laughs> just to have it stopped. Because it's their, it's their duty to do just that if that is the case. But see, that still is not working evil towards uh, our neighbor. We, we need to, you know, obviously, we want the best for everyone. We want the best for them in their day-to-day life. We want the best for them coming to an understanding of God and, 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 and his son and, and faith and Christianity and all of this. This is what we want but we don't always get what we want. So, as the rest of the chapter unfolds here, friends, it's interesting how he concludes this thinking. Because these thoughts would have been hard to deal with then, just as it is now. As a matter of fact, uh, I think we're probably a much better off than living under uh, a Roman uh, Caesar who, swear, who says he's God um, and demands that sort of respect. Um, and it costs many people their lives that would not give him the godly title that he wanted. I know there's some people that act like that right now, but 
they shouldn't. But here's how the apostle concludes his thinking. This also, knowing the time, that it is already time that we should be aroused out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, and the day is near. Let us cast away, therefore, the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. As in the day, let us walk becomingly, not in rioting and drunkenness, nor in uh, chambering and lasciviousness, not in strife or uh, emulation, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not take forethought for the flesh to its uh, fullness, its lusts, which covers lots of uh, area there. Now, what are we to take from, from this? Well, of course, the reference here to the the already time it's uh, really it's the concept i think it's the mellow uh, terminology in the greek another it's about to be uh, the time is short now they were talking about something that was that they were awaiting awaiting at that time um, that they should be aroused out of a sleep and of course salvation is nearer uh, as, as we expend our days our salvation is nearer and nearer every day we get up when we think about it like that. And that's a good concept. That's a positive thinking. You know, when I think about this, I think, as I've always thought, we need a lot more Christians in the government and in authority in a civil way than than the other folks that seem to have really no understanding of faith and, and uh, obedience to God. I think about that, but then I, I, I realize that I, I, would, I, don't, I really don't want to do it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I'll, never forgetting, I'll, I'll never forget that uh, when I was a young boy, I thought so much of, of our preacher uh, that one time as we were leaving, I said, uh, Mr. Newland, I said, or Brother Newland, we call him, Brother Newland, I wish that you were the President of the United States. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said it. I just just thought that things would be a lot better. And they probably would have been. But, and I don't know who was the President then, probably, uh, JFK, something like that, um, who was very unpopular in the Christian community that I lived within. But uh, <clears throat> the, the thing is, that's not the reason I said it. I really thought that he would be able to solve a lot of the problems that the countries have, people like him. And he said, well, I appreciate that a lot. He says, but I really think he says, I really think the highest, uh, the highest form of responsibility in the world and the most good can be done uh, 
is within the Lord's church as an elder. That was his comment to me. And I thought about it, and I thought about our elders, and I, I had to agree they were the same type of people he was, you know. So I, I understood what he meant by that. Now, that wouldn't preclude them from being part of the government, I guess. But I imagine it would be very tough to be a Christian in a government setting uh, due to some of the things that happen. I think it would be. And I don't have any experience outside of military, which is a completely different thing. There's no authority there. Uh, you're simply, you simply do uh, what you do. And you're so far removed from the reason that it doesn't make any real difference anyway. You don't know what you're doing half the time. So uh, that's how that works. And I suppose it works that way with a lot of folks. But these are the teachings. And I think when we look at it, uh, we just need to, to deal with it as it's written. I understand that it's true. I'm going to be lawful. I plan on being lawful to both God and man. But I cannot, as the apostles said, they were told to stop preaching Jesus of Nazareth, period. They said, we must obey God instead of man when it comes to that. We still are free to do that right here. Not everyone in this world is, but we are, and I am sympathetic with those that can't, but they still do. They still do it. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do, and we need to always do the right thing to do whether it, it is a, a, within the church or outside of the church to our neighbor or to anyone we contact, if we are doing the good, then regardless of what the civil authorities think, I, we have a, a good foot to stand on, as they say. And I think that's the only thing that we have as far as what some would want to have a little pushback on this. I think that's it. Our argument is love and doing the right thing. And with that, you have, you have everything that a human being can have in way of uh, a defense for your actions. So now when we get to chapter 14, we're going to find a lot of other conscious things that we deal with within Christianity about treating other people and what people think and what we think. And, and it's just as confounding as this in a lot of ways. And we'll, but we'll, we'll see. All these things need to be dealt with, friends, and that's what we do. So lo, let those be my words this day. Hope they've been useful and, and clear. Um, as we sing our hymn of invitation, sometimes hallelujah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.